The NFL Draft is less than a month away, so today we're going to look at some mock drafts and see where some experts have Sauce Gardner and Desmond Ritter landing, and the big takeaways from a recent Big 12 fan survey that included Bearcats fans. Plus, Bearcats baseball is set to take on Xavier in the Joe Nux Hall Classic tonight. All of that coming up on Locked On Bearcats. Our Locked On Bearcats. Your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever spotify that's the other one i was looking for you name it alex frank here with you on this wednesday march the 30th of 2022 and we are less than a month away as i mentioned from the nfl draft eight bearcats with the opportunity to be selected in this year's nfl draft we are going to see a first round draft pick in sauce gardner maybe desmond ritter but desmond ritter will at least be going at least on Friday, if not Thursday. So let's take a look at some mock drafts that I have seen recently. We'll start with Daniel Jeremiah from NFL.com, NFL Network, color analyst for the LA Chargers, radio network. Daniel Jeremiah recently uh, unveiled his latest top 50 prospects. I listened to his podcast yesterday, or on Monday, rather, moved the sticks with Bucky Brooks. And Daniel Jeremiah has Sauce Gardner going number three no, Sauce Gardner as his third best player, third best player, and he had a lot of, and he had some really interesting things to say about Sauce Gardner. Went over all the details, the fact that he's really good in press coverage, he has really good hands, he can jam receivers, he can recover if he slips with a tremendous burst of speed. He compared Sauce Gardner to Antonio Cromartie, who you remember as a cornerback for the Jets, the Chargers' four-time Pro Bowler. If Sauce Gardner can end up like him, holy smokes, that's he's going to have a really good career. Um, had Derek Stingley Jr. ranked 15th. So he thinks far and away, Sauce Gardner is the best corner in this NFL draft. I will admit I have not watched a lot of LSU football since Joe Burrow um, led them to a national championship in 2019. I know of Derek Stingley Jr. I think he's a really good corner, but I've seen Sauce Gardner play. And he is an absolute shutdown corner. Mel Kiper Jr. has Sauce going top 10 to the New York Jets. Hey, the New York Jets have had a shutdown corner in recent years. Remember Darrell Revis. Maybe Sauce Gardner can be like him. Uh, Mel Kiper Jr. mentioned Sauce Gardner's outstanding tools. Holding his own against elite talent. As a huge fan calls him the consensus number one corner in this year's NFL draft. Sauce Gardner, the number one corner. This is unbelievable. This is how far the program of Cincinnati has come. I know I keep saying it. That might sound like a broken record, but you have a player who was sixth on the depth chart when he arrived at Cincinnati in 2019, and now he's going to be going top 10 in the draft. Top 10. Not top 100, not top 200. Top 10. CBS Sports has a uh, panel of five experts. They recently did their mock drafts. It consists of Kyle Stackpole, Pete Briscoe, Josh Edwards, uh, Chris Trapasso, and 
Ryan Wilson. Uh, Ryan Wilson, along with Will Brinson, co-hosts the Pick 6 podcast um, for CBS Sports. So Pete Briscoe had Sauce Gardner going number 10 to the Jets, Derek Stingley number 12 to the Vikings. All five CBS Sports draft experts, analysts, whatever you call them, had Sauce Gardner going anywhere from 4 to 12. So that's an average of just of around the 8th overall pick in the draft. The 8th overall pick. Now, I mentioned Daniel Jeremiah has Sauce Gardner number 3. That would mean right now he goes to the Houston Texans. I hope and pray he does not go there. Because the Houston Texans are probably the worst run organization in the NFL. The Browns are right up there with them. The Jets are up there with them. The Bengals are not. They maybe were five years ago, but they're not now. The problem with being a top 10 pick is you're going to a team, most likely, that's not very good. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes, you're not going to be going to a team that's 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 good. You're going to a team that is drafting high because they weren't very good last year. Maybe they haven't been good in recent years. But there are still teams. There are teams who are picking in the top 10. We can run down the list of teams in the top 10. Jacksonville, not a well-run organization. Detroit, better, not a good run, not a well-run organization. Houston, I just mentioned them. The Jets, not a well-run organization. The Giants, not a well-run organization. The Panthers, eh, don't really know where they're going. Giants, not a well-run organization as of late. Atlanta, I mean, Arthur Blank's a, a solid owner. They've had remarkable success under him, but... I wouldn't say that he's one of the best owners in the game, and the Falcons are one of the best organizations in the NFL. The Seahawks at number nine, that's fine. I know one, uh, actually, Josh Edwards has Sauce Gardner going number nine to Seattle. I, I would be all in on that. Seattle has, you know, for years they've been well-structured within the front office. John Schneider's a good GM. They've been to the playoffs numerous times since they moved to the NFC in 2002. I'd be okay with Sauce Gardner going there. You're going to a an organization that has a rabid fan base that is going in a rebuild mode with Russell Wilson, potentially in a rebuild mode without Russell Wilson. Tyler Lockett's now gone. They don't have, I mean, their best receiver is DK Metcalf. They just released Bobby Wagner. So, or actually, I don't even know if they did release Tyler, Tyler Lockett. This is something I should know. Um, but I'd be okay with Sauce Gardner going number nine. The... Draft um, sc- the scouting report on Sauce Gardner. Um, Gardner has a case to be the top overall prospect in the class. Wow. And the Seahawks are able to add him with the pick acquired in the Russell Wilson trade. I still think they are the favorite to trade for Baker Mayfield as well. Um, they compare him to Richard Sherman's strengths include man coverage, history of production, dating back to freshman year, weaknesses, handsy downfield, and tackling. I'd be okay with Sauce Gardner going to Seattle. What I don't what I don't understand is they're looking at these mock drafts. Why Desmond Ritter is not, you know, being talked about as a first round as a first round quarterback. Um, two members of CBS, Tyler Lockett is still with the Seahawks. So, okay, you'd be going up against some pretty good receivers in practice if you go to Seattle. What I don't understand is what I don't understand is. Why Desmond Ritter is not even Dan- even in Daniel Jeremiah's top 50. Josh Edwards has him going number 20 to Pittsburgh. Lord help me if that happens. Not for Desmond Ritter. 
I'm going to root for Desmond Ritter like hell to have crazy success in the NFL. But going to Pittsburgh, eh, as a Bengals fan, as you see here, I don't know if I, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, Kyle Stackpole from CBS has Ritter going number 32 to Detroit. You know, I think Desmond Ritter, if he can stay in the Midwest, close to the Tri-State, he's from Louisville, played obviously at Cincinnati. If he can stay in the Midwest, I think that'd be good for him. It'd be good for his family. It'd be good for Claire. It'd be good for Layton. So it's just interesting, though, why people aren't so high on Desmond Ritter. And the unique thing about this draft is the quarterback class is not as good as it's been in recent years. Not as good as last year's, not nearly as good as 2020, even 2019, 2013. It's it's just not that great of a quarterback class. But the problem is there's other positions, offensive tackle, wide receiver, um, or offensive lineman in general, offensive lineman, wide receiver, corner, safety, defensive end, pass rusher, edge. So many other positions are so deep that you that teams may not need to take a quarterback. And there are a lot of teams in the NFL that have their quarterbacks set in stone. They're not going to be taking quarterbacks. You know, the Bengals have theirs, the Chargers, the Bills, the the, the Rams, and now the Tampa Bay is off the quarterback market because Tom Brady returned. So it's going to be really interesting to see how far Desmond Ritter slide down if he's not taken early in the first round. I still think he could be a first-round pick. I still think he could be a week one NFL starter next year. His ascension in the last half of his junior season to his in his senior season from where he was his first two and a half years is remarkable. I think if scouts can see that, if they can see his leadership, which um, Kyle Stackpole cites as a strength, experience, and leadership. Like I said, if Desmond Ritter started fifty over 50 games in his college career, I don't care if that's in the American Athletic Conference or the SEC. He started 50-plus career games. He won 40-plus games as a starter. That's experience. Two-time AAC Offensive Player of the Year, two-time conference champion. Not a lot of quarterbacks can say that. Tua can't say that. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts can say that. Um, But think of the quarterbacks who can't say they're two-time conference champions. There's not a lot of quarterbacks who can say that. That that is a remarkable accomplishment. Could have been three. He played in three conference championship games. He's been one of the most successful quarterbacks in college football over the last five years. If he was at a, if he played if he did all this at a power five school, I guarantee you he'd be a first round pick. He should be regardless. But we'll see how teams draft this year. Either way. The fact that you have Sauce Gardner and Desmond Ritter as being highly talked about, Sauce Gardner going first round, Desmond Ritter going at least in the second round, this is a testament as to how far the program has come. Coming up, there was a recent Big 12 fan survey in The Athletic that included you as Bearcats fans. The big takeaways next, but first I need to tell you about Stat Hero because I love and I hate those buzzer beaters. The drama, but oh, the pain when you are on the other side of it. Stat Hero's NCAA single game pickums pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. 
Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take on head-to-head. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. This is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash lockdown and use promo code lockdown for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash lockdown. Use promo code lockdown for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash lockdown. Promo code lockdown. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so you got to have some fuel to your brain to think about the lineups you want to play with with Stat Hero. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm fueling my brain and I'm eating right thanks to Built Bar because it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. They're the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors, yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. Mmm, so good. They are going, these are going to be your new favorite. All Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. 100% real chocolate. At Bill Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Here's an offer for you. Go to build.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at build.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Frank here with you on this Wednesday, March the, March the 30th of 2022. So there was a recent fan survey in The Athletic, the Big 12. Max Olson did a recent fan survey of Big 12 fan bases current and future and soon to be past with Oklahoma and Texas. And I was struck by some a lot of things within this survey, most notably the fact that Luke Fickle got the highest rating among current and future Big 12 head coaches. They asked every fan base, current Big 12 fan, current Big 12 fan bases and future Big 12 fan bases, which includes Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, and BYU. They asked that they asked you as fans to rate your head coach on a scale of 1 to 10. Luke Fickle got a 9.96 rating. 9.96. Let that tell you something. Bearcats fans were included, which shows you which shows you more than one thing. One, excuse me, first and foremost, that Luke Fickle is unbelievably revered, respected, loved in Cincinnati. We know that. Bearcats fans love what Luke, the job Luke Fickle has done with the Cincinnati Bearcats football program. But number two, it shows that Bear, I, I think it shows. And I don't have the exact statistics on how many Bearcats fans voted in this. But it's interesting that I think a lot of Bearcats fans participated in this. And it goes to show you the fan base that the Big 12 is getting. They're not just getting a school with a great football program right now, an immense basketball program that that hopefully has a revitalization. But they're getting a school that has a rabid fan base. 
a well-traveling fan base, you know, a community that is bought into Bearcats athletics. It's more, it's more than just to me, and, and this is what it says, it's more than just about a school with great sports programs going to the Big 12. It's a school that's going to be an active member. Oklahoma and Texas are not active members technically right now. They are, but they're also not because they're also looking to the future. Cincinnati's going to be an active member in the Big 12 because of their fan base. That's what this that's what this takeaway says to me. 39% from fans of or actually that, that that's actually a different story there. I got to organize my I got to organize my notes better. So 50.1% of fans said they are very satisfied with new members. That's huge. And there was a, there were a lot of questions asked in this. Like, they asked about how you feel about your head coach. Who's going to win the most Big 12 titles over the next decade? Who's the most overrated head coach? Who's the most underrated head coach? You know, do you want to see divisions in the Big 12 in 2023? What, what, there were a lot of questions asked. But 50.1% of fans said they are very satisfied with new members. 39% from fans of current Big 12 teams said they are very satisfied with the new members. That speaks volumes to the job that Bob Bowlesby did in recruiting big new members in the wake of their two hallmark programs, arguably, especially in football, Oklahoma and Texas leaving. Now you're getting Cincinnati, who just played in the college football playoff. You're getting BYU, who is a national powerhouse with a very large following around the country, and you get to expand the conference all the way out west to Salt Lake City, you have UCF coming in, which is Josh Neighbors, Locked On Big 12 host, mentioned to me last week that you got Orlando now, and that's going to be a hot spot for a lot of fan bases to travel, Texas Tech, Cincinnati, West Virginia, and now you have Houston, so another Texas team, another team that's been a force in basketball that's going to be really good in football potentially, Dana Holgerson is now going to be coaching in the Big 12 again after coaching at West Virginia for several years. Uh, there was a comment in particular from a TCU fan. I'm not going to mention his name, um, but one TCU fan regarding if he's happy about the new members of the Big 12, he said, in quote, best schools available. Cincinnati showed they're going to be super competitive in college football. BYU has actual history against some of the schools in the Big 12. Houston makes too much sense, and I like the reach for UCF, which will no doubt benefit from more resources. This makes the Big 12 such a fun league in both football and basketball, end quote. That's some strong words there. That's, that's some strong, encouraging, endorsing there from this TCU fan. And TCU is going to be in the Big 12. I mean, they can build their men's basketball program off of this year and the success they had. Jamie Dixon, they have a new football head coach in Sonny Dykes. Fans were a little skeptical on him. They think they need to see... They need to see him win on the field. Sonny Dykes coming from uh, SMU. It is going to be very, very interesting to see. You know, I, I, I'm i reading that Joey McGuire at Texas Tech, you heard Josh Neighbors on my show last week mentioned that he has Texas Tech on the come up. You know, maybe Kansas has a revitalization in football. I don't think that's going to happen, but you never know. And then from a basketball perspective, I mean, you have one team playing in the Final Four this weekend in Kansas. You have another team playing in the final four i'm sorry you you had baylor win the national championship last year you had texas tech in the final four in 2019 so this is a very this is a very competitive conference as it is 
You look at the league and you're seeing all these close games, how hard it is to win on the road. You saw Kansas play Baylor this year twice. Kansas whooped their ass, Baylor's ass, the first time around in early February. Fast forward three weeks later, and they the rematch in Waco, Baylor trailed. They didn't start off well, but then by the end of the game, they won by 10. So that shows you just how good and experienced this league is and how experienced you have to be. Look at guys like O.J. Ajabi. Look at guys like Remy Martin and McCormick and Lightfoot for Kansas. Look at guys on Baylor like Adam Flagler. And this year, they unfortunately, due to injury, they didn't have Jonathan Chamo Chachua. You look at guys like Akinjo. You look at TCU and the experience they have. You look at Texas Tech and they had, you know, O'Banner and Kevin McCullough Jr. And then you look at Iowa State, and they were able to come back from two wins the previous year, and make the NCAA tournament. This is going to be a, this is going to be a battle. Seventy-five um, percent of fans think the new additions will make the conference more competitive. I just like that there's new blood. You know, these teams, these four teams come in are going to add some sort of new blood and competitiveness to this conference. You like what you're seeing from Houston in basketball. They just play in the Elite Eight. You like what you're seeing from Cincinnati in football. You like what you're seeing from UCF, the fact that they have a rabid fan base. They, I believe at one point, at one point I know at least in recent years, they had the highest enrollment of any school in the state of Florida. And then BYU is a huge national following. It's a national brand. Whether or not they've had remarkable success in sports as of late, historically they are historically they have a pedigree they won a national championship in the 80s men's basketball has been competitive in recent years you like what you're seeing from from Brigham Young and of course you know being able to go to Salt Lake City you're going to be able to geographically go all the way from West Virginia to the Rocky Mountains and then down to Orlando and then over to Texas. Other questions that were asked if if the Big 12 were to expand again, which most fans were not in favor of, but if they if, if it were to, they the top two teams that got the highest percentage of votes for uh another round of expansion. Arizona and Arizona State got the highest votes. I think that's interesting because I would personally want Memphis to create a rivalry between Cincinnati and Memphis, create some other really exciting matchups with Memphis in the in the Big 12. Maybe Boise State go up to Idaho. I would say Gonzaga, but they don't have a football team, so unfortunately they're out. But Arizona and Arizona State, you want to talk about having a wide range of geography in the conference. That's also a problem, though, because as we're seeing conference realignment take place, I don't think you can deny that we could be heading to a a landscape in college sports where there are four mega conferences and the other conferences are just there to fend for themselves. That's unfortunate. That's a scary thought if you're Michael Resco in the American Athletic Conference, if you're even Val Ackerman and the Big East, if you're Bernadette McLeod, if you're, I forget her last name, but if you're the commissioner of the A-10. I mean, this goes for the same in college basketball. Now, if you're Greg Sankey and you're um, Jim Swafford, or if you're, or John Swafford, if you're, or I'm sorry, Jim Phillips, 
formerly John Swafford, commissioner of the ACC. If you're Greg Sankey, if you're Bob Bowlesby, if you're Larry Scott, if you're Kevin Warren, if you're um, Jim Phillips, you're in good hands. You're in good hands, potentially, if this goes four mega conferences. But if you're any other conference commissioner, it's looking a little dire if we go there. I don't know. Can I deny the fact that we're going there? No. Are we for sure going there, though? Also no. It is going to be very interesting to see the landscape of college athletics come 2030, come 2040, what it's going to be like, especially if the Big 12 does expand again. It's just, it is going to be very interesting to see how this changes college athletics. Who actually gets who actually gets a chance to really compete for a national championship? You know, which conferences benefit? Are the smaller conferences going to, you know, be able to have more of a competitive opportunity in football? We know in basketball they do. But in football, which drives conference realignment, it's going to be very interesting to see what the landscape looks like. Up next, the Bearcats, Joe Nuxhall Classic, as the Bearcats are set to take on arch rival Xavier. Looking to buck a recent trend. We'll get into it next. But first, I got to tell you about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for you to go to your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, which is good because you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com And once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Alex Frank here with you on this Wednesday, March the 30th, 2022. Real quick, I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon. There, are, there is some news from Tom Pelissero, uh, NFL Network uh, insider reporter. NFL owners approved a modified overtime rule for postseason only, ensuring both teams get a possession per source. Why not do it in the regular season? But good in the postseason. Uh, The New Orleans Saints are signing quarterback Andy Dalton to a one-year deal. A source said one-year, $3 million guaranteed deal that's worth up to $6 million with incentives. Now, they just signed Jameis Winston, so Andy Dalton's going, going there to be a backup, which I guess he's okay with. But then again, Andy Dalton might be better than James Winston. At least Andy Dalton has played in a playoff game. Interesting, though. Very interesting. Andy Dalton going to New Orleans. We'll be interesting to see how that plays out. If he, if he sees playing time, the Bengals go to New Orleans next year. They faced Andy Dalton in the first two years since he left the Bengals in 2000, or he was released by the Bengals after the 2019 season, after they drafted Joe Burrow. Anyway, 
Tonight, the Joe Nuxall Classic, the Bearcats taking on Xavier from UC Baseball Stadium in on the campus of the University of Cincinnati, 6 o'clock on ESPN Plus, the telecast. It is following, that will that is following Miami, Ohio, and Wright State, who will play also in the Joe Knoxville Classic semifinals, two o'clock from UC Baseball Stadium. This is one of this was one of my favorite events when I was a student at the University of Cincinnati. I had the privilege of commentating the games in 2019. It is a it is an event to honor and recognize the uh, obviously the life and legacy of Joe Knoxville and his meaning to baseball within the city of Cincinnati. Joe Knoxville, of course. The longtime color analyst on the Reds radio network with Marty Brenneman, of course, played for the Cincinnati Reds, uh, made his major league debut at, what, 15, 16 years old, something like that. He is he is a legend within the city of Cincinnati, lefty, nuxy, however you want to call him. So the Bearcats are struggling right now in baseball. They were off to a really good start, but... They are 9-13 and 13 right now. They've lost three in a row. This is a team that won its first two games, lost their next three, won their next two, and then took three out of four from Northwestern. But they've been on a, a, a recent stretch of losses since then. They did take three out of four from St. Joseph's to improve to 9-10. and 10, But this team at one point was 6-10. and 10. They had lost, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six straight games. A lot of them were close games. Some of them were more blowouts. But here's a program that has lost three straight games by one run. They made a nice comeback against Xavier on Friday night last week, fell 8-7. to seven. They lost 8-7 to seven on Sunday after holding a 5-1 to one lead before Xavier tied the game with the Grand Slam. And then yesterday they fell... Six to five at Prasco Park. So they're looking to buck a recent trend. One run losses. And when I was at the University, excuse me, Cincinnati, the Bearcats always seemed to play their best baseball when conference play started. They fed off of the teams that weren't very good in the conference. And then they were able to win some gutsy games against teams that were, were tougher. And they always seemed to play their best down the stretch. They always seem to, you know, enter conference tournament play with some momentum. They did last year sweeping Tulane in a four-game series. They did in 2019. They entered as a two-seed. They won the conference tournament that year, of course, to go to the NCAA tournament. So it's going to be interesting to see. This is this is what you could use as a final tune-up for conference play because they go to East Carolina, who's historically dominated this conference the American Athletic Conference. They go to East, or actually they host East Carolina, excuse me, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Then they play Houston next weekend, also in Cincinnati. That's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series before going to Louisville next Tuesday. So a lot of tough baseball action coming up. They play ECU, by the way, twice in conference play. So this is going to this is going to be a very interesting stretch for Cincinnati. The winners of the Joe Nuxall Classic games tonight will play in the Joe Nuxall Classic Championship game next Wednesday. That game's in Oxford. When I was at University of Cincinnati in 2019, the semifinal games were on a Tuesday. The Tuesday after the NCAA Tournament National Championship game, they were on the Tuesday, were on Tuesday night, the semifinals, and that the championship game was on Wednesday in Cincinnati. 
UC won the first game in the Jared Knoxville Classic versus Xavier, and then they fell just short to Miami in the championship game. Really fun event. Enjoyed getting to commentate that that event for BearCast Media. It, um, and obviously when you are a part of a big event that honors such a legendary sports figure in Cincinnati, in Joe Nuxall. By the way, all four teams that are coming into this series, they're struggling. Xavier's, you know, 12 and 13. Wright State is, is Xavier's 12 and 13. Wright State's 9 and 12, but they played Oklahoma State and Georgia Tech. Oklahoma State's number three in the country, Georgia Tech number 11. Miami, Ohio's 8 and 13. We look at the American standings right now. You've got South Florida at 17 and 7, Houston at 16 and 8, Tulane at 16 and 8 and 1. Didn't know you could still tie in baseball. Okay. Memphis 12 and 8, UCF 14 and 10, East Carolina 14 and 11, Wichita State 11 and 12. And then Cincinnati right now, conference play has not started for for any of the eight teams in the American, 9 and 13. But there's still plenty of time to pick things up as we head into uh, the stretch run in conference play and the rest of the season. This has been fun. Um, Still more to get to this week. Uh, Tomorrow, there was a conversation recently that Dan Horde had with Bearcats football head coach Luke Fickle. We'll talk about the big takeaways from their conversation. You can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, and email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Also, follow Lockdown Bearcats on Twitter at LockdownCats. Thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Lockdown NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to Lockdown Bearcats on YouTube and like and leave a comment for this particular episode. It helps more Bearcats fans like you find this podcast. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. Have a great rest of your of your Wednesday and I will talk to you all tomorrow.